plan for your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our empowerment architect and goddess gardener, Cynthia Bryan, as she engages in energetic exchanges with success experts, bringing you research, innovations, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your life, business, and personal spaces. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now. Well, hello, Power Partners, and welcome to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. This is our informational playground. We're coming to you live on the Voice American Network and brought to you under the auspices of Be the Star You Are charity. I am your producer and host, Cynthia Bryan, and always so happy when it's Wednesday and I get to do this show with you. We've been doing this show live weekly since 1998, so... It's a long time, and you know what? The passion is still there. The miracle moment for today is brought to you by Be The Star You Are, and I just have to give a lot of shout-out to Be The Star You Are volunteers, supporters, benefactors, and everyone who participated in the shoe drive. We got our shoe count that that we collected and shipped off to uh, countries in poverty and the disaster areas and war zones like Ukraine and Syria, um, uh, Turkey, some places in Africa. And we collected 1,575 pairs of shoes. So bravo to everyone. It was really a huge effort, but it was so important. I mean, it, it. I know it doesn't have to do with literacy, but the thing about it is this. If you don't have shoes, you probably aren't going to be able to get to school, at least in the rubble or go to work. So you need shoes. So it was a good pivot for us. So visit Be The Star You Are, bethestarur.org. The Pear Festival is coming up. I'll tell you more about that later. And this is from Price Pritchett. Change always comes bearing gifts. Well, and that was a change for us. We definitely pivoted because Be The Star You Are is all about positive media and increasing literacy while we empower women, families, and youth. But that was a pivot to give people in um, in other countries shoes and also to help uh, people become a micro entrepreneur, which means they can set up a little, you know, a tent or a stall and sell their shoes. Well, you're probably wondering what we're going to talk about today, and it is uh, rather fun. So in segment two, Do you know the signs of a narcissist? You may get love bombed in the beginning of a relationship, but soon you're going to find out how destructive and detrimental a narcissist can be. And interestingly, most narcissists use the same lingo. So we're going to beware so that we can stay away. Segment three, I go into nature. This is the time of year. It's the perfect time actually to divide a wide variety of bulbs and perennials. Because when you divide overcrowded plants, it gives the remaining plants room to grow. It helps maintain their health and rejuvenates your garden beds. So I'm going to show you what to do, how to do it, and what plants are going to work best with it. And But coming up now in segment one, it's all about Labor Day. We work hard. Labor Day is a time to celebrate ourselves and the work we've done. 
by maybe some relaxing and enjoying ourselves. And we also want you to keep it safe. But do you know what the history of Labor Day is? I had to actually look all of this up and I was pretty fascinated by it. Now, it's going to be, it's usually the first Monday in September. So it's coming up and it is an annual celebration, of course, of social and economic achievements of all American workers. And the holiday is rooted in the end of the 1800s, the late 19th century, when labor activists pushed for a federal holiday to recognize the major contributions that workers have made to America's strength and prosperity and well-being. But before it was a federal holiday, Labor Day was recognized um, by labor activists and individual states. Um, in 1885 and 1886, after some municipal ordinances were passed, there was a movement that developed that was trying to secure state legislation. And New York was the first state to introduce the bill, but the first state to pass a law recognizing Labor Day on February 21st, 1887, was actually the state of Oregon. And then following that, Four more states followed, Colorado, Massachusetts, New Jersey, and then New York. And they all passed laws that created Labor Day as a holiday. By the end of the 1800s, end of that decade, Connecticut, Nebraska, Pennsylvania had followed and declared a holiday. And then 23 more states had adopted the holiday. And finally, on June 28, 1894, Congress passed an act making the first Monday in September of every year a legal holiday. So for peop most people, people have Labor Day off so that you don't have to labor and maybe you can just enjoy yourself. So if you're wondering who first proposed the holiday for workers, nobody really knows. There are two workers that have always made a solid claim to being the founder of the Labor Day title. And what's interesting um, about them is their names. Um, one was named Peter McGuire, and the other one was named Matthew McGuire. <laughs> and um, that's kind of interesting to me. One was spelled with M-C-G-U-I-R-E. The other one was spelled M-A-G-U-I-R-E. So Peter, he was the general secretary, secretary of the Brotherhood of Carpenters and Joiners and a co-founder of the American Federation of Labor. And so he suggested setting aside a day for a general holiday for all of the laboring classes to honor those of us who, and this is in quotes, from the rude nature have delved and carved all the grandeur we behold, end quote. Um, and he put Labor Day history, it hasn't gone down on challenge, as I just said, because there was a machinist, Matthew McGuire, um, who says that he founded the holiday. Now, there's a lot of research and, you know, controversy around it. I don't know if it really matters. It was one of the two, right? But there is research that seems to support the contention that Matthew McGuire, who was later the secretary of Local 344 of the International Association of Machinists in Patterson, New Jersey, actually proposed the holiday in 1882, while serving as the secretary of the Central Labor Union in New York. 
And according to the New Jersey Historical Society, after President Cleveland signed the law creating this National Labor Day, the Patterson Morning Call, which was the newspaper, published an opinion piece stating that the souvenir pen should go to Alderman Matthew McGuire of this city, who was the undisputed author of Labor Day as a holiday. But here's what I found so interesting. Both McGuire and McGuire <laughs> attended the country's first Labor Day parade in New York City. So who knows? It doesn't really matter. But the very first Labor Day holiday was celebrated on Tuesday, September 5th, 1882 in New York City in accordance with the plans of the Central Labor Union. And um, then they had their second Labor Day holiday just a, a year later. So by 1894, more states had adopted the holiday. And when that was uh, when Grover Cleveland signed a law making the first Monday in September the national holiday, Americans started selling, celebrating Labor Day with parades and parties and festivities similar to those that are outlined by other holidays. Um, so it is a day that should be observed, you know, with a, a street parade or, or as I said, just some relaxation, but at least honoring all the people that, um, that have worked. Now, in the past, there are, have been speeches by prominent men, men and women who were introduced at different parades and, you know, festivals and events, um, and what labor, what American labor has really done is raised the nation's standard of living. And it contributed to the greatest production the world has ever known. And the labor movement has just brought us closer to the realization of our traditional ideals of economic and political democracy. So it is appropriate that we pay tribute on Labor Day to the creators of so much of the nation's strength, their freedom and their leadership. And those creators are all of us, the American worker. So here is to you for working here in America and helping us become a bold and beautiful country of democracy. And let's hope that democracy survives. But we wanna have a safe and happy Labor Day. And I always find that, you know, when you have a three-day weekend, it's a great time to be thankful for everything that we have benefited from um, in being and living here in America. And of course, having it be in September, the weather is pretty much still great. I mean, here in California, it is really, really hot right now as it is in other places. And I do hope that the, um, hurricanes and tornadoes that are happening in the South uh, are, I don't even know what the word is, is that people can stay safe. It seems like people were getting prepared, but the natural disasters are going to keep on piling up on us. So I'm not sure that everybody is going to have a happy Labor Day. Uh, this is a really busy travel weekend. And of course, more cars on the road mean more risks that we have to avoid. So we do have to have some common sense and do defensive driving. And that can help you reach your destination in one piece if you are driving. 
So I just want to give a couple of tips to help you and your loved ones stay safe this Labor Day. So obvious, but buckle up. I know, you know, it's interesting when I think about it, how cars um, in, I'm trying to think when did, I'm not even sure when seatbelts came in, but I do know that uh, when I grew up, there weren't any seatbelts, but it still needs to be said. So buckle up, ensure that you and your passengers wear your seatbelts and that children are in proper car seats. And if they have their, if they're young children, they need to be in booster seats. Also stay alert. You want to avoid distracted driving. You know, don't text, don't eat, don't drink or any activities that are going to take your eyes off the road. And we know it's hard, especially if you have little kids with you and they're fighting or, you know, making noise, you want to like, you know, stop it. But the most important thing is keep both hands on the wheel. Plan ahead if you are traveling long distance. It's really best to plan your route uh, ahead of time and make sure that you are well rested before getting behind the wheel. And I know for me, even though there is, um, you know, the GPS on your phone, you can do maps and ways and all of this. I still print out directions when I'm going someplace where I don't know, because so often I've gotten into areas and there is no there's no cell service, so you can't find directions. So unless you have a map in your car, which is still a really good thing to have. I know a lot of people think that's silly, but I, I really still think having, if you're going someplace you don't know where you're going, especially if it's a long distance trip, maybe go to AAA and pick up some maps just in case you get to an area and there is no cell service. And so often now, you know, if you have AT&T, you might have cell service, if you have Verizon, you might not and vice versa. And there's all these other programs. And so often you just don't have any. And then be patient because traffic is going to be heavy. There's no way around this. You got to practice patience, avoid aggressive behavior, you know, drive confidently and cautiously. And, you know, definitely, definitely um, you want to drive defensively, know what's around you at all times. So with a little planning and a few deep breaths, you're going to navigate your way to a great weekend. And if you're just, you know, staying home and having that staycation, which is what I usually do on holidays, because I'd prefer not to be with the crowds, that is very enjoyable just to um, go in your backyard or, or maybe just go to a park or have a picnic or sit on your balcony or sit on your porch or whatever you can do, you know, have some friends or family over and um, just chill. And at least that's a, a good, a good break from work. Well, when we come back from our break, we're going to talk a little bit about narcissist behavior, because the people that are narcissists, they exhibit the same kind of behavior and phrases and they use it to manipulate you so we don't want to be manipulated you're listening to cynthia bryan this is star style be the star you are stay with me more to come be the star you are the star you are follow us on twitter for more great ideas at voice america empowerment 
Get autographed copies of New York Times bestselling author Cynthia Bryan's books at www.starstyleradio.com. Get inspired and motivated to be your best self with Be The Star You Are, 99 Gifts, and Be The Star You Are for Teens. Buy cases at a deep discount to give away as gifts and premiums. Visit www.starstyleradio.com or call 925-377-STAR. 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 Are you seeking a Dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world. Lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR. 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 And visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan. www.cynthiabryan.com. Are you a teenager with lots to say but no one to talk to? Let your creativity explode and your voice be heard on the radio program Express Yourself, a show by teens, for teens, and about teens. No topic is off limits as you connect with teens with attitude. Check out Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel and join our global community where teens talk and the world listens. www.btsya.com. You can express yourself. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business Well, as a life coach, my goal is always to help my clients live happy, positive, productive lives, and have nurturing relationships. But sometimes people get involved with a narcissist to very negative outcomes. And narcissists often follow the same pattern in relationships. They idealize, they devalue, and then they discard. And they also have a certain way of talking to manipulate their victims. Now, you may know some narcissists. There's quite a few narcissists in uh, in our world. <laughs> um, but you don't have to become a, a one of their puppets or one of their victims. So there, here are some things that narcissists are likely to say and especially in a relationship, and when to expect them. Now, it's possible that you meet someone and you feel like you've known them your entire life. And often, this just means that you're comfortable in each other's company. But with that being said, sometimes that can be a sign of something eh, a little more sinister, particularly if you if someone that you're dating is professing their love for you when you've only known them for five minutes. So narcissists sometimes engage in what we call love bombing. And that's pretending to be everything that you ever wanted, only 
to turn it back on you further down the road. It's a very manipulative tactic to reel in their targets. First, they shower you with affection and they usually give you lots of gifts. Then they may start gaslighting and abusing you, causing you to wonder what is real and you know what's the real person, what is not. And it's all part of the plan to gain total control over you. Now, although there's no global summit for all, you know, all these dark uh, triad people to get together and discuss their tactics, they do seem to operate in a similar way. And it's like they read from the same playbook, even though nobody even gives them a manual, but they're almost programmed in the same way. So here are some phrases that narcissists use and ways that they express things that may be mm, a little eerily familiar to anyone who has dealt with one. They might love bomb you during the idealization stage. So relationships with narcissists move really, really quickly. Some people simply do mesh really well. That is true because they have similar interests and they complement each other's differences. But anybody who tries to do it too quickly too early on is basically accelerating intimacy and that could be bad news and anybody who has to do that suggests that they are doing something that could be a bit creepy have you ever had that experience or do you know somebody who has had that experience because here's usually what happens in the first few weeks after you get together with a narcissist they will and this is something I mean, like if you are in a um, a relationship where you're looking for a love partner, they may say something like this. Well, you are my soulmate. I have never met anyone like you before. You understand me so much better than anyone else. I think this is fate that we met. And I have never felt any, you know, like this with anybody besides you. This is the first time. And then they might kind of move on to, am I your only friend? You're my only friend. That to me was, is a very scary phrase. I, am I your only friend? Am, you're my only friend. It's like they want to distance you from everybody else and become your world. And then they might start saying, well, we don't need anyone else. If we have each other, that's all we need. Or then they might love bomb you with a lot of compliments. You're so kind, you're creative, you're smart, you're beautiful, you're perfect, you're sexy. Uh, we're going to be together forever. And so once you start buying into all this stuff, and especially again, as I said, this is happening quickly, that's when the devaluation stage happens. So once a narcissist has hooked their victim, then they start showing their kind of true self. This is where the insults and the put downs start slipping into what um, they might say. And they may suddenly criticize something about you that they once seemed to love. Like you have a, you know, I just adore your crooked smile. Well, now that crooked smile might just make them sick. And they may say something that's really mean about that. And everything they say is part of their scheme to shatter your confidence. But 
the nastiness is intertwined also with affection. So that's what makes you feel like, oh, maybe they're just having a bad day. Because a narcissist knows how to keep up the illusion that the relationship is worth saving. So they pretend that they can still be loving. They, they make their victim believe that the insults are their own fault. They might even say, well, you're the one that always says that your crooked smile is ugly. I never said that. But, you know, it is a little bit distracting. So they kind of like cushion it, but they also they put it back on you. Now, when this phase happens, you might hear some other phrases that you're going to wonder, like, where is this coming from? So you might do or say something, and then you're going to get a response of, well, you're just crazy, or you're too sensitive. And if you say something about um, that they disagree with, they might even tell you, you know, nobody likes you. Only I'm the only one that like you. In fact, my friends really hate you. And I am always defending you. I have your back. Or they might say, you're just really insecure. Or what's wrong with you? Um, These are really, really terrible things. When somebody starts putting you down like that, you need to put up that mask really, really quick and and get your weapons out. Um, They also might, you might hear phrases like, aren't I more important than your other friends? If you really love me, you'll spend more time with me. And if you start crying for any reason or you feel sad or you just you don't understand, they might even go as far as saying, you know, why are you crying? Your tears aren't going to work on me. You're just being manipulative. And um, so what they try to do is explain away their behavior. Um, This is really scary because a pathological narcissist will manipulate and use all kinds of tactics um, as a distraction. For example, narcissists might deflect or they might project, you know, their own insecurities on to their potential partner. They might pretend that they are victimized or they might scapegoat somebody else as a means to distract someone from focusing on a failure or a shortcoming that they have. So projection is an example of deflecting back on the accuser. And I'm sure you can think of a lot of people who aren't necessarily your partners, but that you know of that do this. And they will probably start explaining away their behavior if they're ever challenged. And they'll say things, you know, oh, I had really mean parents and this is the way I am. Or, People abandon me. Everybody leaves me. And so you have to stay with me. In other words, they kind of guilt you in to being with them, which is definitely not a good thing. Um, They might even say, you know, don't you remember how great we were in the beginning? Let's start over. Or again, they might put it back on you and say, you have to stop being so selfish um you or you are just too busy with other people you're not giving me enough time and that's what's making me mad so it's your fault uh, so you know this is all all bad um they will criticize everything that you love and attempt to isolate you 
And when this happens, this is a really negative thing because if you are at all insecure, which everybody has some insecurities and you end up with a narcissist who it really knows how to work it, you end up feeling like it is your problem, it is you, and you start isolating yourself from other people who could actually be shielding you and helping you get away from this. So a person that's in a relationship with a narcissist is subject to constant, constant criticism. And the love that they feel can feel transactional because a narcissist's need for acceptance and constant approval just will suck the air out of, you know, out of the room. And it will always leave you as the partner um, in the dark. So a narcissist devalues just about everything that their partner loves or if it's a if it is if it's in a not in a in a love relationship if it's in a work relationship or um just even a community relationship what ends up happening is that they just absolutely take everything away from you and they devalue everything that you are interested in um, they might devalue your family, your friends, your hobbies, your house, your dog, <laughs> um, everything. And they'll insult you at, at every turn. And when you have somebody like this that's constantly throwing insults, that's constantly criticizing, that's constantly blaming and complaining, you can pretty much be sure you're dealing with a narcissist. Uh, I don't like your friends. They're not good enough for you. You can't like that. It's terrible. Oh, I can't believe you enjoy doing this. This is so stupid. You know, these are all words that the narcissists use. Uh, even they'll even say something like, um, you know, I don't think that your family likes me very much. So I think that you better stop seeing them because I am the most important person in your life. And uh, if you try to leave, they will get really, really angry and um, they will guilt trip you. And they usually try to make you feel lucky that you have that you have decided to be with them. So you have to be really, really careful because a narcissist knows how to induce the guilt and the indebtedness to that person really, really fast. And it creates a huge power divide in any relationship because it makes them the dominant person. And they might be quick to say, oh, if you really loved me or if you really cared, then you would do blah, 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 blah. And, you know, you have to have your boundaries. So you don't want to do something just because they are telling you, to do it. That guilt trick, you have to know it's a guilt trick and it can't work on you. They may tell you that you're a bad person for not doing everything in your power to make that narcissist um, feel special. You will definitely hear how lucky you are to be with this person. You know, you might say, oh, I let's just say it's a guy talking to a woman. He may say, you know, I could have any girl in the world, but I want you and trying to make you feel like you are so lucky just to be in his presence. And that is really, um, that is a really sad, a sad statement. So 
what they do is they play to their advantage. They're not thinking about you. And especially if they are older um, uh, than the than you, or if their if their target is from a different country, they could even really do a bad a, a bad thing with them because if this person if in the relationship the person's from a different country, they could really try to assert their authority by saying, um, you know, well if you don't if you don't like it here, you know, I can make sure that I can get you sent back or you know you're just you are just being stupid or whatever it is. Um, I, I'm the local here. I know better. What, what happens is a narcissist literally wears you down. And when they have completely worn down their victim, they may tire of them. And it might be because they have bled them dry of what we call, you know, money in the bank, because they've simply found somebody new to abuse. It is abuse. A narcissist in a relationship abuses his or her victims or partners. I've always said there are no victims, there's just volunteers. So if you are in a relationship with a narcissist, you are volunteering to be there and you need to get out because they're going to just keep hurling their poison at you. Um, they'll tell you you're a bad person. They'll tell you that you're not lovable, uh, that they are the best that you will ever have, that you know everybody hates you. Um, and if they leave you, that you're going to be alone for the rest of your life or that you did this to yourself. And the only way to escape a narcissist's insults and threats is to get away. And you got to run fast because they're going to keep you in a constant state of stress and they know exactly where to dig the knife in deeper. And I've had several clients who were really confident, great people that met somebody like this and fell hard and really got into some deep, deep trouble. So you you really have to defend yourself. It's like um, being in a shark tank with all these sharks around you. So punch them. <laughs> and um, despite, you know, all those teeth, they're often going to crumble when they are confronted because what they are, narcissists are bullies. And when you really stand up to a, bill, a bully, they tend to back down or dissolve, or then they start really re revealing the bullies that they are. So the best defense you have against the words that are going to come from a narcissist is your self-esteem, your sense of self, your self-confidence, and knowing exactly what your needs are and how they can be used against you. Again, you just want to remember a narcissist is a master manipulator and they know how to influence thoughts and behaviors. So having self-awareness is absolutely one of the best tactics against uh, uh, best tactics of self-defense for you. And, you know, with that being said, if you are in an abusive relationship or you know someone who who is, uh, there are services that you can reach out to. There is the National Domestic Abuse Hotline, um, which has resources that you can uh, get help. And I think that would be a really um, important thing to do is if, if you need it. And they, the, the, um, the hotline is uh, 24 seven. So you can call 
1-800-799-SAFE, 1-800-799-7233. Or if you go to the website, which is thehotline.org, um, they even have a chat. So that might really help you. So thehotline.org. But there is just no reason for you to ever be in an abusive relationship. And if you're just, if you are in the work situation in a workplace with an abusive boss or an abusive um, co-worker, you really do need to report it and take care of that. And of course, as we know, we have a lot of abusive politicians who are narcissists out there and we need to get rid of them as well. We need to put some decent caring people that uh, are not going to be constantly uh, complaining and putting people down and criticizing and blaming other people. We have to take responsibility for who we are, have self-confidence, have self-esteem, and know that we are the stars we were born to be and that nobody has the right to take away our goodwill and our personality. So be who you are, as I always say at the end of the show, be your unapologetically authentic self and stay away from narcissists. When we come back from break, we will have a business bite and then we'll be going in to segment three. And in segment three, it's into nature and the garden. Stay with me. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. During the break, visit my website, CynthiaBryan.com. And hopefully you'll check out my newest book, Family Forever based on a true story in Stella Bella's Barnyard Adventures. I'll be right back. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. The best advertisement is definitely word of mouth. We trust friends or business relations who recommend someone. But how does the small business person get these referrals? You need to ask for them. After every job or sale, let your clients know that you value their business and would like to do business with people like them. Give them some of your business cards and ask them to hand them out to people who could use your services or just ask them to write a review for you. Each week, make commitment to tell five new people about what your services or your business is. People like to do business with people they like and trust. So of course, be likable, be trustworthy, walk your talk, have integrity. Referrals will come pouring in. Remember, you're the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another Business Bite from Star Style. For more information, visit CynthiaBryan.com. That's Cynthia Bryan, Bryan with an I, dot com. Be the star you are, the star you are. The annual cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers is over $225 billion dollars. Help increase literacy, reduce violence, and improve positive media messages by making a tax-deductible contribution to Be The Star You Are charity. 
a top-rated nonprofit, Be The Star You Are promotes positive role models, produces positive radio broadcasts, and donates positive books to empower women, families, and youth. Be a power partner and join our galaxy of stars. Visit our website at bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation using PayPal or send checks to P.O. Box 376. 376 Moraga, California 94556 org. Dare to care You are the star Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business is Well, Ernest Wilson said there are no happier folks than plant lovers and none more generous than those who garden. And I totally agree with that because gardening makes me so happy and sharing the bounty from my garden, whether it is herbs or flowers or fruit. It makes me really happy and it makes people that I give it to happy. Well, many years ago, I was considering adopting two miniature ponies. And when I visited the ranch where they were living, there was this small pond surrounded by a flush of these gorgeous pink blooms that I had never seen before. And when I asked the property owner what they were, She told me they were called Naked Ladies, a bulb that boasted this bright green spear-like foliage in the winter. Then when the foliage dies at the end of spring, it's necessary to remove the brown leaves and leaving those turtle-shaped bulbs slightly protruding from the ground. Now, indicating that her Naked Ladies needed dividing, she dug up a bulb and instructed me to plant it in the sun anywhere, irrespective of soil conditions. And then she said, wait for next summer or the summer after surprise. Well, I followed her directions and that one bulb has evolved into many hundreds of bulbs that blanket my hillside in a sea of pink perfection. Because over the years, I have divided and dug and donated bulbs to many friends, offering them also a summer surprise. So divide and delight, yes, it makes me very happy. And this is the time of year, the perfect time to divide a wide variety of bulbs and perennials. Besides increasing the number of plants that you'll have in your garden, divisions can be given to other gardeners. So when you divide overcrowded plants, it's going to give the remaining plants more room to grow. It'll help maintain their health and it will rejuvenate your beds. But before you begin, you want to to, uh, water the area really well a few days before digging. And then, and what I mean before dividing, so before you're going to dig and divide, you have to get that area wet. And then with the shovel or with a garden fork, you dig a large area to remove a clump with the root ball the bulbs or the rhizomes intact. So you wanna dig around, so not just directly on the bulb, dig around it. Once out of the ground, you can shake off that excess dirt and then you can cut or pull apart the individual crowns. 
Now for perennials, you have to make sure you have roots and leaves. For bulbs and rhizomes, you need roots attached. And to avoid having the roots dry out, you wanna plant them immediately in another area at the same depth and water deeply. Now to conserve moisture after you have divided and planted, add mulch to these newly um, divided plants. Overcrowded and overgrown plants aren't gonna bloom profusely. However, not all perennials or bulbs will benefit from dividing. For example, it's best to leave plants like Baptista, goat's beard, lupin, milkweed, Russian sage, peony, red hot poker, bleeding heart, hellebores, lavender, verbenia, and oriental poppies. Just leave them alone. But I am going to give you the names of plants that do need dividing every few years. And when I say for a few years, um, it's two to five years, and that's so that you'll have peak performance. And you know when it's time to divide because what happens is you're going to have a lot of green. You know, you'll have the leaves, the spiky, like if it's an iris, you have a lot of spiky iris leaves, but you don't have any blooms. Um, and it's the same with all these plants. So if you have a lot of the foliage that is there, but you're not getting enough flowering, that means it is time to divide. So here are some of the plants that really thrive when they are divided. Agapanthus, and that is the white, the midnight blue, the light blue, they do love to be divided. Bearded iris as well as Dutch iris, all daylilies, daffodils and narcissi, hosta, all other lilies, um, they really like to be divided as well, like oriental lilies, peonies, monarda, phlox, astilbe, rudbeckia, echinacea, yarrow, lamb's ear, blanket flower, aster, coreopsis, the naked ladies, agava, and then the thimbleberries. And when dividing the plants, you want to just follow these general guidelines. First, prepare the soil. So amend the new location with compost and then choose a well-draining location for the divisions. Now, obviously some plants, they don't really care about the soil, like the naked ladies, which we call senorita sin ropa, <laughs> which means, uh, girls without clothes on it's it, it, if you're wondering why it's called naked ladies you could probably look it up but it's because when the leaves all die off then all there is is this bulb sticking out of the ground looks like a turtle like a turtle's back especially when they get bigger and then when you're least expected all of a sudden the shoot just shoots up and it has no leaves or anything it's just like a it's just like a mm, what would i say like a stick but it is a stem. So a stem shoots up and at the top is a, uh, a pink flower. And I have had some grow like four feet tall. So they can be two feet, they can go to four feet tall. So it's just this long slender stem with this beautiful flower at the top. And that's why they call them a naked lady. So they don't care about the soil. It can be any kind of soil. They'll, they'll grow anywhere. 
Then water, before dividing, as I said earlier, water the plants thoroughly to ensure that they're adequately hydrated. Then dig and only divide healthy specimens. You want to be careful to not damage the roots or the bulbs by gently digging up the, plunk, the plant clumps by using that shovel or garden fork. So start at the drip line be, and create a trench, and then you can work inwards. Then divide. The best time to divide is when flowering has halted. And once the clump is out of the ground, clip off the remaining stems at the base, trim any dead or dying leaves and roots, and then separate plants into smaller divisions. And you can use your hands or you can use a sharp knife, but make sure that each division has healthy roots. And then replant by planting the divisions at the same depth as where the original plant was growing, but in a different area, obviously, and water deeply and then put the mulch on top to conserve the moisture. And as far as maintenance goes, you need to establish these new divisions. So you gotta continue to water and watch but remove weeds, leaf debris, grass roots from beds and add a mulch of straw or wood chips. And then after the blooming season and the spent blooms as well, um, they can be removed carefully to keep your beds looking fresh and colorful. And bulbs should be divided when they are noticeably overcrowded. Uh, bulbs produce offshoot bulbs and as they grow, flowers diminish, although leaves will flourish. And this is when you know it's time to divide, to divide your plants. So let the foliage die back naturally as that plant will need that energy for next year's growth. And although most plants can to be divided in spring or fall, by dividing them now, um, this time of year in fall, the root systems are allowed to grow before winter arrives. Now, sometimes when dividing in spring, the heat arrives soon and then the roots haven't had a chance to develop. And if you need assistance, you can ask for assistance from your gardening expert at your local nursery. Um, but follow best practices and you'll be rewarded with a healthy garden with a plethora of flowers. Now, the agapanthus that I grow in my garden came from divisions. My favorite color is that midnight blue agapantha followed by the pure white species. And this season, I will be dividing my agapanthus as well as my iris and the Healthy green leaves of the iris will be left undisturbed until later this month. And then I'll trim the leaves to approximately six inches and then I will start dividing. And if you are looking for an easy to care desert loving species that requires minimal water, agave and prickly pear cacti might fit the bill. Agave is propagated by separating the pups from the mother and replanting another location in sandy or gravel filled soil. And if you enjoy eating the fruit of the prickly pear cacti, um, you can, and, or you admire its pretty flowers, um, it, yeah, definitely wear gloves. I suggest you plant one at the back of your garden so that the spines aren't gonna interfere with your other gardening tasks. Uh, the fruit is delicious, the flowers are bold, but those spines, they are so ferocious. And make sure to wear those heavy gloves and probably an apron. I got caught in my rose bush today when I was changing uh, outdoor lights. And so I have like a bleeding arm. So, you know, we do have to be, even though I had gloves and an apron on, but I was wearing a sleeveless shirt, my fault. So if you don't want to cultivate a, a jungle of these cacti, make sure you pick up and discard any pads that fall on the ground and no need to divide a prickly pear because they spread on their own via those drop pads 
um, which are also called tuna. So gardening and sharing the bounty results in joy and happiness. And I have really um, been so happy to share all of my things. And I didn't adopt, I should uh, tell you, I didn't adopt the adorable miniature ponies because the family decided to keep them, which was a smart move. Yet I am forever grateful for that single division of the naked lady as these belladonas and they're in the belladona family. So they're poisonous have brought such beauty to my landscape and the gardens of others. So divide and share and be happy. And if you're going to be in the San Francisco Bay Area, mark your calendar for Saturday, September 30th, where Be The Star You Are will host a booth sponsored by La Mirinda Weekly and MB Jesse Painting at the Pear and Wine Festival um, in Moraga. It is going to be fun and you can stop by to plant seeds and pick up bags of free potpourri, and I will have um, lots of other herbs and things available. Just visit uh, under events for 2023, org. Well, again, that's our show for today. So thank you so much for staying with me here on Star Style, Be The Star You Are. For more information about Star Style, visit CynthiaBryan.com and pick up copies of my books. I have 10 books there. You could just go to the Star Style store and uh, I will autograph them and ship them out. I just sold some copies of Family Forever, which will be going in the mail tomorrow. Um, you can also make a donation to Be The Star You Are. And by the way, the money, when you buy books, it is going to Be The Star You Are. So you're actually making a donation as well as getting a book. My aim is always to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and motivate. Cherish the past, dream of the future, and celebrate today because this is the moment. We only have this moment. And until next Wednesday, when we play again in the Star Style Playground, remember that love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles keep us happy. I'm Cynthia Bryan for Star Style, thanking you and encouraging you. Be the star you are. Be your unapologetically authentic self and stay away from narcissists. Have a great week. Happy Labor Day. I hope that you get some rest and that you also applaud the work that you have been doing as well as the labor of other Americans. Thanks for joining me. Ciao for now. Be the star you been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program star style be the star you are we have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire inform entertain and motivate you to be the star you were born to be for more information visit starstyleradio.com and to make a donation to the charity go to be the star you are.org ignite the flame that burns brightly within take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic host and empowerment architect cynthia bryan every wednesday at 4 p.m pacific time 7 p.m eastern time right here on the voice america empowerment channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live